Welcome to Dragon Talk! Wow! Hi! Hey! I'm Greg Tito. I'm Shelly Mazenoble. Nice to see ya. You do. We didn't. Uh, Don't you like my voice? I do like your voice. That's my new radio voice. Well, this is my new radio voice. All right! It's perfect! Guess what we have to talk about today? The stream of Stop. many eyes. Oh my god. Isn't it amazing? Yes. We've been talking about this for months internally <gasps> so here happy. in the office. Finally, I almost have said it a few times. It's okay. That's what's the nature of uh, of being a stream of many eyes. You can it. There's, it's a non-specific title. It is the amazing D and D extravaganza building off of Stream of Annihilation, which was awesome. Right. Uh, but even more so. This one's going to be even more so. It's on June first, second, and third in Los Angeles. We're taking over a few studios in Los Angeles. Uh, a few? Yeah, doing tons of content, all uh, first and second, letting you know about the next Dungeons & Dragons story uh, and how uh, your entertainment about Dungeons & Dragons is all going to be shaped about the story. And then on Sunday, this is the coolest part, Yeah, you can buy a ticket to come and tour the sets and watch some of your favorite Dungeons & Dragons players play live. What? No way. Be- being a part of the studio audience. No. Yeah, that's I didn't what's know happening. That part. Yeah, that's what's happening on Sunday, June third. So it's 3rd. Saturday and Sunday, or Friday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. So yeah. it's three days. An extravaganza. So three it was days. only two last time, right? Correct. It was only two last time. Oh my god! It's going to be a month long streaming event soon. Yeah, exactly. This is crazy. Tons of content coming out of there. So it's going to start on Friday, June first at four p.m. Pacific time. That's where we will uh, start all of the, the streams. There's going to be lots of live play of games. Uh, some stuff you've never seen before uh, is, is going to be beamed into your eyeballs. Or if you're there in person, you get to see it all happen. I want to be there. Well, you have to talk uh, to Nathan and get, get on no, board. Bart's going. Oh, um, I know. That stinks. But if you are in the Los Angeles area or if you want to travel to the Los Angeles area, you go. can buy tickets now. Uh, you can go to dnd.wizards.com slash S-O-M-E for all the information there. Oh, my God. As well. S-O-M-E. Yeah, for this yeah, okay. stream of many eyes. Yep. There you go. Some. Some. We have uh, some lots of googly-eyed uh, images all across there to let you know that you're in the right place. Okay, good. And then you shall... Yeah, you can buy tickets to uh, one of four different performances. Do uh, you know who those performances are? I do, I do. There's going to... I know two of them specifically. They're going to be the High Rollers, uh, so Mark Holmes and... Oh, and, cool. Uh, so, uh, Katie Morrison and uh, Chris Trott from the cast, as well as some extra fun guests. Uh, lots of other uh, celebrities who play or, 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 or actors who play Dungeons & Dragons will also be participating in some of those games like Joe Manganiello, Deborah Ann Wall, some other fun names uh, batted around there, including Matt Mercer and uh, Liam O'Brien, Travis Willingham, who you may know from Critical Role. Uh, And then on uh, the last session is going to be Dice Camera Action with all four of the main cast members in costume, in cosplay for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. For the first time? For the first time this weekend. That's right. We've done them live a couple of times, but uh, Nathan Sharp has always been on tour for those dates. But now all four of them will be there in person. Whoa. Crazy, right? That didn't happen at PAX. It didn't, no. They had three out of the four cast members in addition to Chris Perkins' Dungeon Mastering. So So that's amazing. Perkins is going to be there. Merle's is going to be there. Kate Welch, Jeremy Crawford, 
uh, me, Nathan Stewart, Bart Carroll. It's going to be an empty house back here. That's right. Uh, a lot of fun uh, going on backstage. Todd Kenrick from uh, D&D Beyond will be oh, there shooting all weekend long. Get to see lots what really of, goes on back there. Yeah, lots of filmography and stuff will be uh, will be there to be watched. So, so cool. mark your calendars June 1st, 2nd, 3rd. If you can make it on June 3rd in person, buy tickets. Grab them. Do it. Yeah. Do it on my behalf, please. It will be amazing. And uh, awesome. I can't wait. It's are you going to tell us who's going or are you waiting? Yeah. Yes, you can go to that address. Oh. Uh, so that's uh, uh, dnd.wizards.com slash S-O-M-E. And you can find out all the information there. Tons of great stuff. You don't want to tell me anything right now. I told you. I told you all the fun stuff. So Maze Arcana all. is going to be there. Okay. Uh, the Sirens of the Realms. Um, as well as uh, there might be a, a, an appearance from the cast of Force Grey, uh, some of which I've noticed, noticed already. But then uh, there will also be uh, a couple of new groups, uh, including the uh, Dark and Dicey group, which is starting up very soon uh, by Nathan Sharp and his group. Uh, Girls Guys Glory will be there in addition to another new one called okay. Rivals of Waterdeep, which is going to be super fun. Whoa, that sounds fun. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff happening. All right. Yeah. What so, are you going to be doing there? Uh, uh, panicking in the corner and or producing, making it all go smoothly. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to do the in-between interviews and stuff? Probably like not. No, there's not going to be a lot of interviews in between because we wanted to concentrate on the narrative, on the fun of uh, the story that's being told. Yeah. So some interviews up front talking with the team about what the adventure is going to be about, what the new storyline is going to be all about. Uh, but then, yeah, we'll concentrate on the live play of, of the games itself. Cool. Going forward. It's That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Tons more details will be coming out over the next few weeks as we get up to June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So uh, keep paying attention right. to the uh, Widgers uh, Twitter account uh, as well as uh, all of our social media on Facebook and on Instagram. It's going to be tons of fun. That's going to be great. Yes. And you can always follow me at Greg Tito for all the information on that I front. I will. Since be. I've been putting it all together uh, with the help of some awesome folks uh, who will be getting more and more recognition as we get closer mm-hmm. along. It was all you. It was mostly Pelham. Mostly Pelham did most of it. Pelham. I believe it. <laughs> I believe you can fly. Pelham's stream of many eyes. That's okay. Pelham. We're rebranding it now. Okay. Change all <laughs> your marketing materials. You know what's funny though too? It's like uh, a day or two after Morning Canaan's Tome of Foes is out in the wild. It's out everywhere. Uh, so some of the then ticket holders. Will we be talking about? Yeah, we'll be talking about Morning Canaan's Tome of Foes right there because it's more, May twenty eighth is when it will be available for all. Uh, so uh, for those of you should be listening to the podcasts of Foes as they go out next week. Uh, that is a promotion where uh, twenty plus episode uh, epi- uh, one shot episodes. Uh, Featuring content from Morning Canaan's Tome of Foes will be going out on our Dungeon Delve RSS feed, our sister uh, podcast. I didn't feed. even know we had a sister. We have a sister. <laughs> it's where we put Why all have of you our kept li- her from me. It's all of our live play D and D stuff. I didn't know that. Actually. You didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so that's there. Go check it out. Tons of great, great uh, audio live play podcasts happening there. Some of which we have talked to on Dragon Talk before, yes. such as Sneak Attack, uh, Dra- Dungeon Drunks. Drunks and Dragons, uh, as well as the uh, some new ones. So the Broadswords, uh, Victoria Rogers actually name. put a lot of this uh, together, uh, talking to all of them. Uh, but yeah, tons of great new content, previewing stuff from Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes. So I can't wait for that. That Me starts too. on May seventh. Two podcasts a day. 
on that Dungeon Dell feed uh, until the release of Mordekainen's Tomb of Foes in game stores on May 18th. Pretty sweet. Yeah. I know, so right? for the stream of yes. Many Eyes, yes. are the, all of the groups going to be playing adventures from the new story? Is it like a preview? It or is what, like a preview. It's similar it? to Stream of Annihilation that they're they're doing stuff in the vein of okay. it, uh, of of the new storyline. So they're not going to spoil uh, too much. You'll okay. get some information about what makes it cool, uh, but it will mostly be uh, about, um, you know, getting people jazzed for for what makes uh, the, okay. the new storyline that we can't talk about as uh, fun and interesting. Got it. Yeah. All right. Lots of lots of themes. Lots of maybe even some details. I'm in. It's going to be pretty fun. I'll be watching. All right, guys. Well, we have uh, an awesome uh, new lore you should know segment coming at you. It is a fun one. Goofy D&D Adventures. What? Yeah. This is one that uh, I think was suggested by the crew. Uh, Chris Perkins and Matt Cernet uh, were excited to go through. There's a bunch of D&D Adventures that never quite, uh, you know, don't take it quite as seriously and are much more about comedy. And I think that's uh, that's really great. I so love that. We're going to go into some of those uh, in a second right about now when the bing bongs begin. Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I'm Greg Tito, and I'm joined by these amazing lore masters, Mr. Chris Perkins. Howdy. And Matt Cernet. Hello. And this is the segment where we delve into Dungeons & Dragons lore uh, for funsies and for stuff maybe you can use in your game as more background. Uh, But this one's more for the funsies side of things as we delve into goofy slash funny slash amazing D&D adventures of yore. Uh, so, yeah, where, what's a good starting point? Oh, well, for those who don't know, most D&D adventures are kind of written straight. Like, no, not an abundance of humor. And that's because we generally assume that a group playing the adventure is going to inject their own brand of humor. And, you know, bad right. dice rolls being what they are. Everybody's going to have their own in funny situations yeah. that erupt. There'll be in-jokes that erupt. So an adventure never has to try particularly hard to be funny. However... Over the years, there have been several, dare I say, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds <laughs> of adventures you know, that have tried that have that have to varying degrees of success uh, <laughs> uh, too tackled hard. humor. Yeah, um, by actually writing it in yes. the rules oh, description, and, some, and, and sometimes it's been very uh, subtle brand of humor, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's been way over the top slapstick, just absolutely goofy beyond compare. Yeah, how do you do that in a script like that, though? How how is it how is it presented? Um, Give me some examples. Straight up, no chaser. <laughs> yeah, straight up, no chaser. All in, baby. All is in. it in the, so, the read aloud text? Oh yeah, uh, it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's, in, oh. it's often situational. Like we're going to pair, we're going to take something that normally you would think of as a serious thing, and we're going to turn it on its head or Got pair it. it with something peculiar. What's uh, uh, what's a good example to so, start with? Um, well, first of all, before we jump in, let me just say it's all Gary Gygax's fault. <laughs> okay. For for many things, but uh, including because, this. Because one of the earliest adventures in the game um, that he designed was an adventure he wrote called Expedition to the Barrier Peaks, mm-hmm. uh, Module S3, which basically had the characters uh, fumbling through the mountains and discovering a crashed spaceship mm. and then running around inside it uh, only to find robots, a... Uh, a robotic exercise instructor or two. And, <laughs> yeah. The wolf in sheep's clothing, which oh is a creature that looks like a tree stump 
with a little bunny-shaped mass on top of it uh, designed to lure you into its grasp so that it can eat you. Um, it introduced us to the Vegapygmies. Oh, well, the, the Vegapygmies, the, yeah, yeah. They made their first appearance there. Uh, these tall, small, little, moldy plant folk uh, born out of fungal spores from a rust from a russet mold. Um, the frog hemoth. The frog hemoth was born there. This goofy-ass elephantine um, frog monster. Uh, and uh, all, of course, rendered in that wonderful kind of Errol Otis style of art that we have uh, grown to know and love. Right. So because he did that, he basically said... Put aside all that you know about what a D&D adventure is and enjoy this absolutely insane romp uh, with laser guns and other things. Um, and that basically set the foundation for what would be a series of goofy-ass riffs. Um, and was it because it was this uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, criticism of science fiction? It was, it was more like a stretch. Uh, he, was, he was sort of showing you... You think you know what D&D is? Let me show you what D&D is oh. uh, kind of things that uh, he was prone to do. Gary also gave us a later first edition project, first edition venture called Dungeon Land. Mm-hmm. Dungeon Land. Which is D&D's homage to Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Where essentially you fall down a rabbit hole and you encounter the Mad Hatter. You encounter the Dormouse. You encounter the Queen of Hearts. You encounter the Walrus and the Carpenter. All these figures sort of re-rendered in D&D terms. Mm. Um, and often they had their own unique statistics. This was followed up quickly thereafter by Gary Gygax's The Land Beyond the Magic Mirror. The sequel to Dungeon Land, which is, of course, the sequel to um, Through the Looking, or Through Through the Looking, Looking Glass. Glass, is a sequel to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. And so Gary tackled both books and riffed on them in D&D terms. And I believe at one point in Beyond the, um, the Land Beyond the Magic Mirror, you can actually find a house where there's a bunch of weird gizmos, including a VCR, um, <laughs> and various other things that you don't find in the normal world. Was it Gary's house? <laughs> probably. Probably. As described. I believe there was, like, like Merland, one of the wizards had spent some time there or something, and Merlin's, like, you know, guy running around with six shooters and weird-ass things. But um, it, it was very, very... It, was, it, it, again, showed that you can have just a good time uh, doing weird-ass adventures. In fact, I was so inspired by um, Dungeon Land and Land Beyond the Magic Mirror as a young'un that um, I wrote an adventure, which I'd later sort of develop and redo for a product called TSR Jam, which was an adventure collection in 1999. Mm. And I wrote an adventure that riffed on Jabberwocky. Um, oh, yeah. so, so that was basically me just putting on my weird Dungeon Land hat for a while. So Gary was instrumental in... Um, pushing the humor boundaries and injecting a lot of humor into his stories, often with dark contrast. Yeah. So it kind of worked. Right, because so it was... It, let it was me, so there's, there's a table. If an android in Expedition of the Barrier Beak peaks, oh, uh, yes, right. <laughs> if it gets to grapple you, there's a table for what it results in uh, you know, its grappling, which includes you know, forearm smash, elbow uh, smash, uh, stranglehold. That's, that's, that's the wrestling, uh, yeah. trainer. Like, wrestling trainer. Wrestling uh, trainer. Yeah. Leg broken, eardrums <laughs> ruptured, eyes gouged out, nose bitten off, <laughs> neck broken, dead. Um, <laughs> so, so I like, love rolling on a table to find out if my character died. Yeah, it, yeah. it gets dark pretty fast. You just yeah. go to like, yeah, I'll do a wrestling match with a robot. You know, that sounds yes. cool. Dead. Dead. <laughs> So one of the things Gary was known for was, of course, Castle Greyhawk. 
um, he had a version of Castle Greyhawk that he ran in his longstanding campaign. That is not the version of Castle Greyhawk yes. that ended up in the classic D&D first edition adventure WG7 Castle Greyhawk. Okay. Yeah. Um, which was a collection of adventures written by other people. Um, I can't even say it was loosely inspired by Gary's campaign. No, it, it's, it is, it's so crazily it, awry. Yeah, yeah, it's basically a collection of adventures nominally set in Castle Greyhawk. Mm-hmm. That um, This was the first product, the first published TSR adventure, I think, that really kind of went over way into the slapstick. Oh, okay. Crazy, crazy stuff. Like yeah. on one one level of the dungeon is you're hopping on a 747 and fighting a, a bunch of giant bees <laughs> and bee people. You know, like another one, another level is Morden Kanan's magnificent movie set, where you're just basically running around a Hollywood set. Yeah. Oh no, really? Yeah. 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 Uh, like, uh, I had a with like character and who was killed and... by I think a gingerbread golem. Right. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. So there was a period I think in the. And I don't know what, can't remember what was happening in the world to warrant this uh, in the early 80s, where a lot of humor started to seep into the adventures. So that mm. may have been a product yeah, of just. It was, and it was in a lot of different things. So, like, I mean, that, that's also when, you know, Spelljammer was really a big thing. Mm. And so tons of Spelljammer adventures are super goofy. One of my favorite um, goofy adventures is, uh, and by favorite, I mean reviled, um, <laughs> <laughs> is City of the Gods. Which, oh, which, uh, I remember is, looking at that cover and being like, what is going on which with this? Which is just, I mean, frankly, it's unplayable. Like, the map is insane. <laughs> like, it's just this bizarro map with, like, thousands of red lines on it, and it's supposed to mean things. And <laughs> and, and then you have these characters in it, like uh, Besoro the Drunkard and uh, Brother Richard the Flying Monk and uh, Bork Riesling. Um, you know, like it's clearly not meant Bork to be take, Riesling. taken seriously, but it's so so goofy. Is that supposed yeah. to be like a, a, a like a Buck Rogers? I don't know parody. I, I, I it's hard Buck for me Riesling? to fathom this adventure, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's another sort of delve into the science fiction world where you're basically running around an aircraft carrier. Uh, oh, okay. So it's yeah. like a ga- not Gamma World, but uh, 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 what's the one with the A? There, where you you recently discover you've been playing in a in a, um, a ship the whole time. Metamorphosis Alpha. That's the one I'm thinking of. Got it. Yeah, yeah but that also has some goofiness to it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so early on, the humor was starting to you know cement itself in the product, so that by the time like say Dungeon Adventures magazine came out. Um, you started to see them cropping up occasionally there as well. Mm. Um, the editors uh, were careful to moderate the amount of humor that they sort of did. But uh, one of the first adventures in, one of the earliest adventures in Dungeon Magazine was in issue three. And this adventure called Fluffy Goes to Heck, <laughs> where you're basically playing pre generated characters looking for a little dog named Fluffy who has been taken away by the Archduke of Lord of Heck. And so, was it supposed to be like a kids' adventure? No, it's a it's an adventure for adults, but has a very sort of kiddie like quality to it. And mm. the characters are all sort of weird, offbeat names like Kumquat and things like that. Right. Uh, but it was just it Were was there... really really silly. And it actually, there were a series of uh, heck adventures, but they only published that one. Oh, each of the several uh, layers of heck. <laughs> Clearly, yes. <laughs> so you have to fully explore heck to appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the 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 Lord of Heck was basically this big fat demon guy wearing a diaper, 
Um, and yeah, it was like, oh, like way, way, yeah. way. That way reaction was pale. every single person who read it. Way <laughs> beyond <laughs> the pale. And uh, but uh, some of the later adventures, or some of the other earlier adventures, were like in issue twenty-one. There was an adventure called Rank Amateurs, where you got to play the monsters. Um, you got to play goblins and orcs and hobgoblins going off on an adventure for a hill giant chief. Mm. And so you could run into groups of adventurers or whatever and had to deal with that. Um, and that was kind of fun because it's funny. You're, you're probably not getting too invested in these goblin characters that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you actually have a mission and a goal that within the world makes sense. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that goblins do have things that they do. And some, sometimes those things, sometimes the orders that they're given from their stupid superiors... Um, uh, force them to do things that they wouldn't do otherwise, and that's kind of, that was kind of a neat way to use humor um, in a way that fit within the context of the world. Yeah, and, and then then it, there are definitely adventures that have uh, humorous elements that are still very serious. And so, like I think of uh, the Lost City, which has the Cynodiceans, who are these sort of like crazed cultists of Zargon. And it's they live under this ziggurat in a desert, basically, and they wear these animal masks, and mm-hmm. they've completely lost themselves. Yeah, they they act like weird animal people, yeah. and like you have to interact with them, and and there's weird fractious things going on there. But then it t- turns out the whole adventure is really all about Zargon because it's this weird god monster that lives under the city that's going to rise up at any moment. I mean, it, and it's a yeah. crazy adventure, but you know there are certainly you know humorous and funny elements of it, and I. I, I I love that. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've always been a fan of injecting little bits of humor into adventures. Um, And sometimes the humor is in adventures where you wouldn't expect it. Take, for instance, Ravenloft. Yeah. Which is, many people would say it is not a funny adventure. And I'm one of them. I mean, it's it's straight up gothic horror. Yeah. But when you start crawling around in the catacombs under Ravenloft and you read the names on the different crypts, you can see that the writers were having some fun. Um, a lot of the names are bad puns. Right. Um, the the last crypt in the tomb is uh, contains the body of someone named Tatsal Eris. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is. That's all there is. <laughs> so, so you have to, but yeah, you have to so know the call joke of it. One of the goofiest can... adventures. It's just got some fun in it. If you if you want something that's truly goofy, dig out. Dungeon issue number 32, an adventure by Willie Walsh called Pearlman's Curiosity, mm. which was the first published adventure to use a Nilbog oh, okay. as the main antagonist. And for those who don't know, the Nilbog, which is goblin spelled backward, is, uh, was in, in the original Fiend Folio, and it was a monster that basically caused, had this sort of aura around it that would affect people and cause them to do things backwards and start talking backwards. Oh, God. And so this whole adventure is a mystery based on the premise that a village has basically succumbed to Nilbogism mm. and people are doing things backwards and talking backwards and leaving backwards messages to each other and nobody knows why. And so you're basically hunting for the source and trying to find it. Yeah. And there's all the hilarity that ensues with that. All the hilarity that ensues with that. I remember trying to run it. It was very, very hard to do. I, yeah, I was just going to say, that really depends on the performance yes, of the Dungeon exactly, Master a lot. Yes, a lot weighed on really the delivery of the Dungeon Master. Because you can't do it in such a way that it just becomes yeah, how nonsensical. Can you naturally talk backward. Yes. Because you know? it was actually each right. word was spelled yes. backwards, right? Exactly. Oosh. Yeah. That's difficult. Yeah. How, so, going back a little bit to when Gygax did this and then when others infected this kind of uh, uh, humor into the adventure writings itself, how is that 
perceived by the fandom and, you know, letters to the editor, that sort of thing. Varying degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend who was a huge fan of Greyhawk, and when uh, Castle Greyhawk came out, he was enraged. A lot of people were enraged by (laughs) Castle Greyhawk because they felt like that was was not simple parody. That was almost mockery. Mm, Um, And so you you don't mock something as beloved as... As Castle Greyhawk, yeah. Unless you're marketing it as like that's what we're trying to right. do, right? And it right. wasn't readily apparent. Yeah. If you looked at the cover art, for instance, it was a little bit goofy, but sort of in the style at the time, it yeah, sort of fit. I mean, just yeah. a bunch of monsters basically racing across a drawbridge. Yeah. Um, and you can't you can't just be like, oh, bait and switch. This is a funny thing, right? right? Yeah. You would have had to really been paying attention and reading the back cover copy to understand that this is probably not your this is not your Grandpa Gary's exactly uh, Castle Greyhawk. <laughs> Um, and honestly, the tethers to Castle Greyhawk were negligible. It could have been anywhere. Right. It yeah. didn't have to be there. And that's I think it. that's part of what if you don't do the if you don't do the setting justice, then it comes across as mockery. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like Spelljammer because of the amount of humor that was put in the Spelljammer. Right. Um, you know, some people don't like it just because the physics don't work that way. But a lot of people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't like it because of how much humor is just inherent in the setting with GIF and deck apes and all kinds of things. Miniature like that. Miniature giant space hamsters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. People don't. People. And I mean, I guess there's a different taste for 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 every kind of Dungeons and Dragons game. We're like, oh, I'm into this gothic horror, or you know, this intrigue, or something, something like that. And for whatever reason, those little, you know, it's it's hard to run a serious a simulationist yeah. game with that as the source material. Well, yeah. especially when it's it's sort of the main dish. Uh, I think Planescape managed to have a lot of humorous elements in it, but they ended up being kind of side dishes. So the mm. Modrons are really weird, uh, and honestly, kind of creepy if you think about them too hard. Um, <laughs> but but they're, they're a side dish to the other side. I mean, there's lots of weird, you know, um, speech patterns and so on presented in the products and um, sort of – and that lended kind of a sense of humor to a lot of it. Uh, there was a lot – but a lot of the humor and jokes and so on in, in the books themselves were kind of dark because it was kind of a dark setting. And so I, I think Planescape managed to skirt the edge of that without, you know, falling down. Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said too about uh, as you that like most humor at the table comes from the players, comes from them. So if, right. if you're trying to do the source material and the normal humor that would come yeah. about it, I could see that yeah. being difficult. Yes. And if you want to get away from humor just a second, just talk about Goofy. One of the other early adventures in D&D's history that falls on the Goofy side of the radar yeah. is um, Queen of the Demon Web Pits. Re- yeah. Really? That's yes. Goofy? And I'll tell you why. So for those who don't know, um, Queen of the Demon Web Pits is the culmination of a long series of adventures that started with the A series, which is the Slavers series, followed by the Giants series, which is the G series, and, or sorry, uh, followed by the Giants series, and then followed by the D series, which is the Drow series. Uh, All those basically swell up into module Q1, Queen of the Demon Web Pits. My web search turns something up for Switch. (laughs) <laughs> speaking of goofy, yeah, speaking of goofy <laughs> my phone is listening to this conversation um, which okay. is which, which basically takes the story into the abyss the, the 66th layer or whatever to fight Loth the demon queen of spiders yeah. Gary had written all the adventure or had written the sort of the, um, the giant series adventures and the drow centric adventures and wanted to write Queen of the Demon Pits, but ran out of time because he was tied up with Temple of Elemental Evil. Mm-hmm. So he handed the ball off to David C. Sutherland, who finished it, uh, basically turned over a design draft. Right. And the web, the demon web itself, was sort of like this weird crisscrossing maze of corridors with a bunch of doors leading off into extra-dimensional spaces, which you could search. But in the end, you fight Loth, where? Aboard a spaceship. Oh. Loth's lair is a giant spider-shipped 
spider-shaped spaceship. In um, realm space or, or in, in Greyhawk in, space or whatever? In the abyss. It's just sitting in the abyss. You can walk up to it. You can climb aboard it and start like pushing buttons and flipping levers and actually cause it to walk like a spider and, oh. and move around. Um, so uh, I remember when I, <laughs> when I picked up that adventure and I, I was already sort of starting my players into the giant series and I read that section. I'm like, you've got to be kidding <laughs> they're gonna get all the way to the end of this multi-series multi-series multi-part module series thinking they're gonna fight loth in some abyssal location right. and it turns out to be a giant metal spider ship was it stepping on the it, web of the dungeon that no, you were just traveling just sort of on? parked somewhere you know oh. in a lot somewhere <laughs> Uh, and you just stomp around it. Then yeah. you can you can sort of try to figure out how the controls work and maybe, down the maybe visor, cause it to walk around and do out. other things. Yeah, uh, exactly. There are other artifacts in the game that are like I mean, and and magic items. So um, yeah. you know, the apparatus of Qualish kind of has that aspect of it. Um, there's the machine of Lum the Mad. Machine of Lum the Mad, and 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 so on. So, so there's like a thread of button pushing and lever pushing in D um, and D, and and. It always comes with a little bit of goofiness. Like as soon as you put a big red button on something, goofy <laughs> things are going to happen. Candy-colored red button. Yeah, right. yes. Yeah. yes. So, so weird things happen. So makes yeah. sense. So that that was my first real encounter with sort of old series goofiness that kind of I found abrasive at the time. Yeah, I can look back on that adventure now with fondness, and I, it would be fun to actually surprise the players in with, that way. With that is what's happening. Yes, but at the time, the level of goofiness just was completely off-putting to me. Makes sense. At, at that tender age, whatever I was. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, that's uh, hopefully that all informed where we are now with uh, with creating adventures. Uh, like you said, like with the Curse of Strahd, when you were doing that, you I, I remember you were trying to make there be some uh, some humor uh, as yeah, part just of sort it. Of, in, to, I was pacing. trying to be faithful to the original adventure by yeah. having an equal amount of humor to what the original adventure had. Yeah, because if yes. you're all dark, all awful all the time, that can often right. become yes. as off-putting as it so being all when, goofy when, all the time. When I had my chance to stamp a name on one of the crypts, I chose uh, Elsa von Twitterberg. She had a lot of followers. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I follow her. Yes. Uh, so thank you. That is a great uh, quick walk through some goofy D&D adventures. Maybe we'll revisit this topic with some more. Uh, there are so many more goofy so many and more. funny adventures out there. We really we just scratched the surface. The surface. Uh, where can people point out their f- most favoritist, most reviled uh, goofy adventures to you? Uh, I live aboard a drow spaceship. <laughs> on <laughs> press the, the red button. layer of, of the abyss. <laughs> uh, and you can reach me at uh, Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. I am under a ziggurat, and <laughs> <laughs> I am being at... worshipped by mask-wearing <laughs> yes, and infidels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I am uh, at Cernet, S-E-R-N-E-T-T. And uh, you can follow me at Elsa Von Twitterverse. Yeah. I <laughs> will answer all your questions there. Uh, thank you guys for that Lower You Should Know segment. We'll be back uh, next week with some more fun stuff. Talk to you soon. That was a pretty darn good uh, Laurie Chanel. Those I guys, like that. those guys make me laugh. Great. Uh, as does uh, Dungeons and Dragons when it's got that uh, kind of fun adventure thing happening. Um, so uh, let's let's perhaps transition into talking to our interviews. What do you think about I'm that? I'm ready. You ready? Ready. Is your is your body ready? Woo woo. Our guests are awesome. That's <laughs> true. And we have uh, uh, Nate Sharp, uh, who people might know from Dice Camera Action, but is starting up a new show. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Hi, everyone. And uh, KG Tang, who is going to be dungeon mastering said new show. 
Yes, I will be doing that thing. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Uh, so uh, let's talk about Dark and Dicey. Where where did the idea uh, for this show come from, Nate? Where, where, th- th- I'm assuming I came from your from your head. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it comes from the addiction that I think everyone shares. That's like, okay, well, I need more campaigns and games to play in. Obviously, like one, once a week is not enough. So. Um, I was just I was putting together a group and I was thinking, oh, who could play? And, you know, um, KG came recommended to DM. And then I was I was looking at the group we had gotten together. I'm just like, this is a cool group. And I feel like this would be fun to fun to stream, uh, fun to make a show. So, uh, you know, talk to you guys over Wizards and now it's it's happening. And we're really excited. OK, so when the game when you first put together this group, it wasn't meant for a live stream. It was just I just want another group to play with. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like that's how it started out, right, Nate? Like, yeah. we, we started talking. And it's like, hey, let's just let's let's play a D&D game. We, you know, we're a bunch of friends. We've never played D&D together as a whole group. And uh, we're going to we're aiming to change that right quick. So and mm-hmm. suddenly uh, <laughs> suddenly it became dark and dicey, which I am not complaining about. <laughs> I love the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Really that was, that, that's all Christina, I think. Right, Nate? Mm-hmm. Like, I think she just sort of came up the top of her head. We were like D&D, D&D, D&D. Dark and dicey. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Because that initially uh, came up because it was uh, the campaign setting was this like not good. Like, I, I don't know if it's do we actually call it an evil camp? Like, it's more well, kind of like anti hero sort of. Yeah, yeah. We, it is more anti hero, but we, we do call it like the quote unquote villain campaign because there are mm-hmm. no good characters mm, <laughs> among nice. the characters. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But that came up because we were going over we were going over characters uh, and what we wanted to play, and uh, cr- uh, Christina had played in a couple RPGs, but never like uh, never Dungeons and Dragons. So she was like, "Oh, what are the different races?" And we're looking through, and she sees Yuanti Pureblood, and she's like, "I want to be that." I'm like, "Okay." And then Katie Brav is like, "Those aren't good, though. Like, you can't you can't be a good aligned character with that." You, you may you may be murdered while trying to walk into a friendly town. Let's uh, let's figure something out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that decision kind of led KG to bring up, "Hey, let's uh, let's do an evil campaign or a villain campaign." And I was like, "That sounds interesting," because I've never actually played one. So it kind of just came from wanting to be a snake lady that this whole thing kind of formed and then uh from that the name came up half jokingly until we were like man that actually works though so yeah, we really like it yeah yeah so are you guys i mean is it gonna go like full suicide squad type thing of where people are obviously villains and have uh dark tendencies or more the anti-hero uh way that you were that you were describing too or is it a mix between some of the characters uh, well, as it's turning out so, so far, it's it's far more anti-hero. I mean, they're they're villains in the sense that obviously you know they're not good people, but they're all <laughs> these characters are all very earnest and true. They all have their own you know very uh, uh, deep-seated ideologies, and they're they're real folks. So it's not so much they see themselves as villains; they're just very imperfect people. They've had shady pasts. They've had cruel, unnecessary things happen to them in their lives, and they've all wound up together, and they're sort of just sort of gonna see if they can make their way in life, you know? So in that way, no, they're not great, but 
you know, they're not the worst people. All right, so they're basically like <laughs> they're every, other, yeah. every other every yeah. other D&D campaign ever. They're, they're shades of gray, but leaning towards the darker part of the gray. But they, they so. don't, like, they work, you all work together. Like, you're not, or, mm, or not. Yet to be determined, I guess, okay. right? Sort of. So right. far, it's, um, it, it's been less like working it. together and more, like, tolerating each other to an extent. Okay. So we're, I mean, we've, and, we've done, what, like, two practice yeah, sessions now? That's right. Like that. and, and I feel like, because I've, I've um, DM'd a number of, of villain campaigns, and half the fun to me is always watching the, uh, the not the greatest people try to go towards one goal, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think mm. we've actually got that kind of uh, glued down at this point. I mean, Nate, remember last time we've all, the characters all sort of came together and decided, like, yes, this is what they want to do, because all of your... All your personal backstories sort of line together with the main plot, which is nice. Um, so we don't have too much of that problem. Usually in villain campaigns, you have to worry about the players stabbing each other's in the backs. You know. Yeah, it can de- it can de-evolve into that pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. right. Which can be fun, fun in its own right, but um, for a one not shot, right? Not yeah, for like yeah. A, a, one a one shot. shot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. You guys I, have done a few uh, uh, practice sessions. You guys are starting streaming on May fourteenth, right? Yes, sir. Correct. So, uh, so the, the right now those practice sessions are just kind of like making sure everybody gels, and you have like a. Is it going to be stuff that's canon for the characters, uh, or are we going to like start clean on the fourteenth? Uh, I think it's going to be. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Uh, so I was I was probably going to say the exact same thing you were. Um, we have a couple of uh, canon stories uh, in the bag, and we'll we'll uh, catch the aud- audience up um, on the first. Uh, on the first stream, uh, pretty efficiently. Um, not too much heavy story stuff has happened, so we can catch everyone up pretty quick. That makes sense. Um, yeah. 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 In addition to that, we have kind of we have our second session recorded, which uh, probably my guess is a week before or something like that. When we start streaming, we'll actually air that as like an episode zero. So, <laughs> like, we were testing uh, cameras out. And we're like, oh, we can actually record yeah. this and see what it looks like. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's That's actually fine. like just a just a tech test ended up being like totally good to go. So we're like, oh, well, we'd be able to uh, let people take a good look at what happened. Nice. And you're uh, uh, Nate, you're playing a character that's not Paulton, right? Right. Right. It's uh, it's, it's <laughs> why you say that. But yeah, I'm playing uh, Pluck. He is a swamp druid Kenku. And he's he's already so much fun because they they tend to be yeah they tend to be more on the neutral side and um, not giving away too much of what happened in the uh, first couple episodes, but playing him has been it's been a lot of fun. It was also kind of weird because a couple things happened in the first session where he wasn't exactly in his right mind, so. So uh, it, it's been it's been interesting playing a new character right off the bat, something altering how he would actually act and then going back to it. So he's he's a little messed up, but it, it's appropriate. Like he, most Kenku. Somebody. It's a good right. name for a I Kenku. love Kenkus. Pluck. Yeah, Pluck mm, is a good name a for a Kenku. Kenku. I didn't yeah. even think about oh, yeah. that, but yeah. the, the feathers. Oh. He, he's... He's so Nate's, fun. I love him. Nate's already found a, a hilarious ways of abusing the Kenku, um, the mimicking. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Oh, oh that's so been fun. so fun to mess around with. Like it, it's it's such a different dynamic because a lot of like um, a lot of his uh, character traits, which again I'm trying not to spoil too much before the show actually starts, but a lot of it relies on him being very aware 
of dialogue, what's being said to him, what's happening, uh, A, for the mimic and B, for another trait of his. So it's been it's it's been really like like attentive, like I'm like really trying to take note and watch everything everyone's saying, because anything that said or done like he could potentially use like. In the yeah, there's, there's very clever ways of Pluck getting out of situations just by parroting back um, a, a dialogue that I've given mm-hmm. uh, the part. And, and you've already done it, Nate. So it's it's mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm thrilled for the future <laughs> for Pluck. Yeah, it's so cool. Are you doing it like just through through memory and, and actual mimicry alone? Um, it's a lot of it's uh, taking notes because. The, the character has probably a better memory than I do. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's the Kenku's whole thing is that they can only, you know, reproduce yeah. sounds that they themselves have heard. Um, mm-hmm. So I was wondering if there's, I mean, I've always had the dream of playing it with like an actual voice recorder uh, and then, <laughs> and then Ooh, creating oh. a soundboard on the fly. But I'm like, it would, that would recall you know, like actual coding information, which I don't have. Uh, but Don't I give Nate ideas. He's, he's, yeah, I am. That's, yeah, it's too late. <laughs> I, I already saw it. I already saw him. <laughs> <laughs> Stroking his uh, his non-existent like, goatee there. Just put it. Just putting my phone voice memos hit record, and then yes. just letting that run. And then when I find something, no, um, yeah, a big a big thing because a lot of people a lot of people were curious about like you know how do you how do you give him a voice like what's his actual voice if he's just mimicking. So the thing we kind of went with is again it's part of his backstory, but he spent some time with um a group of people and he kind of made that his home for like a few years where he was like kind of accepted so his voice is actually just the voice of the people he grew up with because at a certain point he uh he branched away from his flock and then lived with some uh some other druids so his voice is just the voice of those people so because like it is a kenku doesn't have their own voice, but because he per spent se. so long with them, he was able to just mimic so much that it just kind of became his idol voice. That's really cool. Uh, what are some of the other uh, characters that are going to be dropping into Dark and Dicey? Well, we just um, announced Anna Brisbane, uh, mm-hmm. and she'll be playing a Lightfoot halfling named Trixa. Um, let's see. Uh, Christina V, uh, obviously, will be playing that Yuanti pureblood that she wanted so badly, named Anya. Oh, um, she is. Oh, my gosh. She is so much. <laughs> she's fantastic. She she's the closest, she, I think, to an actual villain, villain, villain in our group. Um, she has stabbed a number of people already. But, oh. um, yeah. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. 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 Like she's, she's kind of been the, uh, the more or less the problem child we have to, like, keep an eye on <laughs> and rein in. It's like the instigator. It's like yep. the, that person yeah, yeah, yeah. in, in the, the group that pushes the story forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Christine is going to be the person to be like, but why don't we use murder? You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's to a T what it is. question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's the most effective way to get treasure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, and, and I don't know if I'm allowed to announce any of the other cast members because we're kind of rolling them out as a, you know, like a surprise every week on the Dark and Dicey Twitter. Um, yeah, right? well, we've, Nate, announced, we're not, we're uh, not. we've announced Hunter. Uh, who oh, have we announced Hunter? Yeah, 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 who's uh, playing Kovacs, an Oathbreaker paladin. Oh, who, yes, the Oathbreaker. Yeah, this story is so intense, and it's so cool to see, like, all that unfold. And then we do have one more player that's not announced yet, so we'll be announcing them uh, probably this week. Uh I think it's just about ready. So my guess is like 
maybe Thursday or Friday on the Dark and Dicey Twitter. But I think everyone's going to get a kick out of not only the character, but who's playing him. It's really exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I should mention Hunter rolled the highest on all his stats, so expect the party to be putting him up up front most of the time. Oh, man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's just going to so take it. so scary. <laughs> I love the Oathbreaker kind of story where it's like this fall from grace and then it's yeah. just a full on into evil. Uh, uh, that's super fun. And it's like the old Blackguard uh, evil paladin type stuff. Uh, really, I don't know. There's just so much dramatic tension there. I, I yeah. yeah, and I love especially. I'm so sorry about that, Nate. Um, I was just gonna like praise Hunter for a second because he. Oh, uh, everyone sent me amazing backstories for their characters. Hunter wrote me a novel. Ah. <laughs> 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 he gave me so much lore to work with, and I incorporated a lot of that into the beginning backdrop. Like a lot of his backstory is the political upheaval that they find themselves in as the story starts. Ooh, cool. So I'm I'm so I'm I'm so happy that the players took it. Among, uh, amongst themselves to just write such lore rich stories for their characters it gives me a lot to work with so I was going to yeah, ask which, you about oh go ahead oh no finish what I was going to say is um, going off of uh, how much backstory Hunter has and especially with it being actually part of the story it, it's funny because I don't think Hunter was even planning on it really being part of the uh, the campaign so much because like what's happened with his story has like become infamous in the world. And he's, he's had to break the habit of introducing himself. Cause literally every single time he's introduced himself, they're like, wait, you're the guy who did X, Y, and Z. And then suddenly everyone wants to <laughs> And it's gotten the like, party into trouble multiple times now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two sessions in already like three people have been like, <laughs> I know who you are. It's like, shoot. Because <laughs> the dungeon master's like, that's the guy that wrote the long backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have written so much. That's right. So is it, as a as a dungeon master, different to run a, a villain campaign as opposed to a non-villain campaign? Like, Do you have new um, other tactics up your sleeve that you're going to use? It's only more difficult in the sense that um, you, you have to be aware that these characters are on a very morally gray mm-hmm. scale. So, like, sometimes, like, when you're running a regular D&D group, you can just assume that the heroes will probably not want to burn down the orphanage, right? <laughs> um, we're in, we're in this, this situation, that could very well be a very legitimate way to proceed in the story. So uh, I, uh, the, my, the trick is going to fall on me to make sure that the characters more or less work together. And there, there, there obviously will be parts where it's, it's a lot of fun to watch them sort of plot against each other. But um, for, for a story like this to work, um, I've given them each a very strong reason to uh, coalesce into a group. And we'll see how, how, how good that works together. We'll see how, how well my plans come to fruition. And, and if they don't, it'll be funny to watch it fall apart anyway. So oh, yeah. we're, we're having a lot of fun regardless. <laughs> so these backstories, what was the directive that you gave the players? And then what, what, what did you, how did you weave all of that into, and I, I assume that you're going to be rolling out things throughout the campaign that they've Absolutely. provided to you, but... Um, well, I, I took I took some of the major parts of everyone's backstories that they sent me, and I have basically uh, uh, put it together into a large, over-encompassing storyline. Like, they, um, uh, Hunter's backstory weaves into everyone else's because it's so expansive. You know, um, uh, everyone's lost something, or everyone's seeking something, and everyone is trying to basically fill a hole that's been drilled into their lives, right? 
And it's all worked out so far with everything that people have written me that it all goes into one line of lore. Um, so it's a very strong, uh, um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, a very strong um, motivator mm. for these characters uh, to work together. I've asked everyone to basically, you know, it's like you're, you're all guilty of a crime. You all need to be, um, for one reason or another, you all start off on this prison barge, which is how they did. We all started them off on a prison ship. How funny Skyrim and, of you or, uh, yeah, or, or I, Divinity and Original Sin of you. I love, I love prison ships, man. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, and yeah, I, I just I, I can't wait for the next few sessions because I, I just I'm just so excited to see these characters interact with each other and and try to and try to sort of claw the way towards their own goals. Oh. Nate, do you know the other players backstories or are you finding it out as you guys play? Um, I know I know a good amount of Hunter, uh, the Oathbreaker's backstory, because he's a um, he's a really really good friend of mine that I'm with. Like I see him almost every day, so we're you know we've been talking about the D and D campaign a lot, and um, so he was like running ideas by me, and he's like, oh here's what I'm thinking, blah blah blah, and I'm like, oh it's such a cool backstory. So I don't I haven't seen like the final detailed version, but I have a really really uh, I, I basically have a good outline of what he did, and it's 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 pretty intense and then uh with our uh with our yuanti uh i've I've only gotten a vague thing because christina's wanted to try and keep me in the dark even though she's been like tempted to like talk about it a bit more but um, and then um our other two players uh anna and unannounced uh i know (laughs) i love unannounced's work i know so good in that b movie uh, out of everyone there, um, I probably hang out with them the least. They're, they're also super busy with their lives. So I, I haven't been able to really talk to them outside of actual sessions. So I'm super in the dark over what they do. All I know is that there's one point where Anna's character, something happened and it was terrifying and then lights went on and everyone was dead. And I'm just like, Whoa, what do you, what Anna's, do you do? Worst Anna's surprise character. party ever. Oh, yeah. Anna's character is at once the cutest character ever and also like the most terrifying ring girl you've ever seen in your life. Uh, I, I love her to death. That's super cool. She's, she's like she's like the part like she's like the monster of the party, if you can believe it, this tiny three foot nothing person. Ooh, I can't wait to see that yep. unfold. That looks really interesting. <laughs> That's cool. All right. So how what's the has everybody who's in the cast? Have they all played D&D before? Are they experts? So they you know, is, is this some of them some new to this? What's what's the uh, the experience range? I think we I think range it, in experience, right, Nate? Like, um, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of covers the whole spectrum. Um, obviously, most of my experience is through Dice Camera Action. Uh, Christina has experience with her RPG show, but it's a homebrew show and it's not D&D. So she doesn't have experience with fifth edition proper. Um, let's see. Anna, I think, literally just started playing her first campaign like a week before uh, we talked to her oh, about cool. being on the show. Yeah, so she's super new to it. And Hunter's then, uh, obviously experienced. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hunter Hunter's had experience. I I don't think with five e. I think he's played with like past editions. And then I think Zach has had the same amount as probably Hunter. So he's played in the past, but you mean unannounced, don't you, Nate? I didn't say a name, did I? Well, we'll ignore no. it. We'll, we'll, we'll. No, we I said, a, I don't know. What... I said a first name. Okay, J.K. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear it. <laughs> we'll ask the court reporter to uh, strike that from the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> no, cool. Plus, no problem. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll treat that as like an early bird special for the people tuning hey, in to Dragon Talk. That's right, because this this uh, podcast form won't go out until after you have announced the unannounced. Oh, that's oh, right. Go. So good for yeah, that. That's right. And I the know. Twitch audience is very good with secrets. I, that's I, what I've I heard. knew I was. I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was going. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm careful. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch my mouth I'm and not say a name. I'm just, nope. like, I'm just. I was. I was worried about the same thing. It's I'm gray. looking at the screen of my cast list and like, oh, don't say the word. Guys, time, blame <laughs> Tito. Time travel is hard. It's. It's not. It's really hard. <laughs> Not an exact size. It. Exactly. <laughs> it's cool. I, I figured that would happen. Anyway. So with yeah, uh, so wide range. switching tracks a little bit to uh, to what's been going on with Paulton and uh, uh, the dice camera action, there's been a lot of shattering of realities and things changing and shifting back and forth. What's mm-hmm. that all about? <laughs> Not as a question there, just being like, yeah, what? Do you, what how, are you okay? <laughs> is Paul, is Paulton uh, okay? People have been asking me about like Paulton's thoughts on stuff because like there hasn't been like a big reaction and the thing I've been playing at is until like stuff starts really happening because like as soon as you know the stuff with Evelyn happened it we just were thrown right into another scenario and then I was I, I guess it's just strong denial he hasn't even like tried to even fathom what happened he's just kind of like it's like no, she's. It's like it's like an it's like a they're asleep scenario. Like right. you just gotta get. Uh, they'll be back soon enough. It'll be fine. Like to where he hasn't even tried to like grasp what's happened. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the angle he's been dealing with this at. So it it wasn't until like at the end of the finale when we started talking about like how to undo everything, how to fix it, that he really started to like realize like okay, this happened time to time to cope right i love that uh uh perkins is able to weave in this this stuff so you're almost not able to catch up but then when you do have those those catch up more intimate uh uh talking episodes they're so powerful Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah the all any kind of like campfire moments we have are always just like all right time to spill emotions and tears and (laughs) just like lay it all out there yeah can't wait for that I, I wonder if the next the premiere is going to be that one, or if he's going to throw you right back into the fire again. It's always always hard to tell with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he know? Does he even know? I I, I think he's got broad he strokes. Knows yeah, he's got like an, a little in advance. But. Yeah, he's like a he's like a uh, uh, Bob Ross where he has oh. the sketch. He has like <laughs> a. He knows D&D that a, a happy tree is going to go on the pallet somewhere. <laughs> but it's mostly unhappy, tear, you know, <laughs> sad trees weeping that are those. weeping. <laughs> he, he he still makes it work, though. I, I, it's, it's magic, I swear. Like, I watched his, uh, his uh, the, the finale, the, I think it was on D&D Beyond, where they were asking him about the finale, and he mm-hmm. was talking about, like, you know, like, all right, season three, Tomb of Annihilation, the first half of the season is going to be getting to the tomb. The second half is dealing with the tomb. He's like, and now we're at the finale and they haven't even like gotten to the tomb. So (laughs) it's just like, you never know. You never know. And it's so fun that way too, you know? Yeah. You had said it was your first uh, kind of experience playing D and D, right? So what does it mean having this, you know, crazy story happen and unfold? uh, And it seems to have pulled you in. (laughs) I'd say this is, because my my first experience were sessions that lasted like probably like three or four meetings and then like people's lives happens and like I've 
before dice camera well since starting the nda like i've probably started in like five or six groups and none of them really last too long because you know especially out here in la it's like oh the drive or finding time and stuff like that trying to get actors together is like herding kittens you know yeah yeah it's it's (laughs) it's always tough so this is with this is the longest and definitely like most impactful D story i've ever been a part of and like some of the stuff that happens is just like i i didn't know it could get so like personal to the character i didn't realize that was ever a potential in D, even mm. in the groups where i've been in like four or five you know i always thought it was just like oh write your backstory and maybe at some point you'll talk to it in like some like like you said like some campfire episode or something like that but I, I never really took into account like, oh, no, the actual setting, the story is going to really bring that to instead of like, oh, you're going to interact with these NPCs and you're either going to kill them or you're going to help them with their quest, if that makes sense. You know, right. Like, there, there's it, a conception of it where it almost feels more like a video gamey, right? We're like, oh, I'm just going to do this. But the, having Chris uh, Perkins throwing those like screwballs at you with mm-hmm. the actual backstory involved and it sounds similar to what KG is doing with uh, Dark and Dicey too is to like have it be integrated immediately uh, is pretty exciting yeah it's really cool do you think Paulton will ever show up in Dark and Dicey (laughs) that that would be so tricky but I have (laughs) I have wondered about that Um, it's playing playing two very Different and yet similar characters at the same time in the same thing would be would be a challenge. But then again, in the I guess spoilers for the finale, we played um, us versus evil us. So I, I guess it's possible. Oh, evil um, Paulton, yeah, like uh, awful, awful Paulton could uh, yeah, he could, could show end up. up in yeah, Tennessee. it could be one thing. One thing I was always because uh, uh, I, I posted about uh, Pluck when we announced it. And I was talking about him, and Holly's just like, I really want Pluck and Strix to be friends. I'm like, yes, more than anything, that would be amazing. Because oh I feel like they'd be, they'd yeah. be, they would click really well. Holly loves birds. It's yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. It's it's so yeah, perfect. So metagamey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Of course, but, you would like a kangaroo. Right. Oh my god! Did you see I mean, that amazing? Uh, this is kind of not directly on topic, but the Kenku cosplayer who was up at Emerald City Comic Con. I was watching that video earlier today. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so awesome. Someone will have to link me to that afterwards. I would love to see that. It's so, uh, it's worthwhile. I think literally, I'm sure if you YouTube Kenku cosplay, it'll be like the first result because it's so good. got it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Todd uh, spoke to, uh, Todd Kenrick from D&D Beyond spoke to her at uh, uh, Emerald City Comic Con and she gave her interview in costume and mm-hmm. as her jaw is moving up and down, the beak of the uh, Kenku moves up and down. Whoa. It's oh, that's that's sweet. Cool. Yeah, she's got she's got all the movements down and everything. Uh, really great work. Yep. Uh, oh, so dude, inspiration awesome. for so cool. uh, for for Pluck for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A friend for Pluck. A friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so KG, have you ever DM'd live on a live stream before? On a live stream, no. I mean, I've I've DM plenty of stuff ranging from you know your your World of Darkness games to your Pathfinders to your D twenty moderns, um, and we we've sometimes uh, recorded uh, some of the uh, sessions, but never on live streams. So it's going to be interesting for everyone involved. So everybody was cool with this idea, and you're like, hey, let's take this thing live. Everyone was yeah. like, I'm doing it. We're doing it. 
No problem. Yeah. Nobody had any apprehensions. I no, I think we were all into the idea. Like, You're projecting. I think I Shelly's projecting. Totally projecting. <laughs> Especially like the new players. I okay. Yeah. It's I think it's uh I think it's gonna be exciting. Uh yeah, for sure. It sounds like KG you've got uh you know, when when did you start playing uh role playing games or D D? Oh man. Um uh, it's oh. Uh, probably somewhere around late middle school, early high school was my first Vampire the Masquerade game. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and we've just sort of proceeded along ever since. Yeah, I, I've been playing uh, on and off for many, many years. That's awesome. And you're a, a voice actor, is that right? Yes, yes, voice actor for mostly video games, Japanese animation, some commercials, some movies. Nice. So you oh, get to bring whatever those. I can get my. You get to bring those skills to dungeon mastering. Yeah, so you yeah, do a lot dude. of voices for the NPCs. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, it, oh, sorry. If, if I may chime in, that's been like a super, super entertaining part is all these NPCs with like these really diverse voices and stuff. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that, that's right. That's that's his that's his day job. And he's really good at that. So it's been really cool to see him bringing so many different characters to life all at once. That is cool. Was uh, were you always uh, fascinated with uh, vocal talent when you were dungeon mastering Vampire the Masquerade? Were you doing that too? No, voiceover was a completely random uh, thing that happened in my life. I, I did uh, on camera acting when I first came to Los Angeles, okay. and uh, like most voice actors I know, I just randomly fell into it face first. Um, like I did a I did a, a dubbing show. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not a dubbing show. A podcast for a dubbing studio. Um, and then through that, I met a director there and they threw me into a show and I've just been sort of doing it ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's become one of the great passions of my life. You know, voiceover, my wife, video games. <laughs> in, in that order? <laughs> no, no, honey. You're first. <laughs> I, I think She's that's entrapment. video games. I mean, <laughs> that's, cool. that's all that matters. <laughs> still, still good. <laughs> You're number two. It's, uh, it's, right. it's a good number to be. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I've I've noticed that with a lot of voice actors too. Where it's like not necessarily a like track that you follow in from you know acting or drama school or something like that, but that you're like, oh, here's this whole you know proliferation of jobs that you can jump into, and it feels just as much as performance as anything else. But it's weird because it's a super talent. Yeah, because it's not just like I mean, acting is also a talent, but voice acting you have to already be good at voices luckily shelly's really good at voices i yeah, i am really good <laughs> well you should join <laughs> us in working behind the mic sometime and yes can, i mean I, I should if you I ever you need a, if games, you need a you know? c3po i can do that <laughs> next chung lee it'll be great <laughs> i can do a pretty good long island accent oh yeah i've never heard that one Not later Later. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't just say I have a talent not with a mic in front of you and not do it. Not in front of like real talented actors. <laughs> it's a workshop. You could do give us some pointers. It'll be like no, right. I don't. I can't do a, No. It's the master class thing, right? You <laughs> join us. Join us Patreon. No, it's fine. still like that day that I busted out my Kermit the Frog in front of Matt Mercer, and he just stared at me like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it was so good like, that you stunned him into silence. He was like, she's brilliant. Where has she been? She's going to put us all out of business. Carefully considering the competition. <laughs> I think it was more like, is she making fun of me? I can't tell. <laughs> but then he did like, 
an Ernie or like a Big Bird or something, and like and then just walked off. I'm like, no, it was you. <laughs> you were showing your your Bert impression, right? and then he just did Kermit the Frog, which was actually yeah. good. No, it was really good. <laughs> It was. It was. Put great. me in my place. It was like a mic you. drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, I don't do my voice, my voice talent <laughs> in mic. front of like real talent. Yeah, that's probably a good <laughs> idea. We just we just like to talk about it with you guys. That's what it's all about. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, Monday nights is going to be the streaming time for you guys, right? Seven p.m. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That's going to be Pacific. That's pretty exciting. Every week uh, over the summer, uh, I'm excited uh, about Dark and Dicey. Uh, Thank you. I, I, it's I a feel good like, summer show, it sounds like. Yeah. You can just jump into it. Yep. And, uh, and feel the, the equivalent of a beach read, but it's a live stream. What mm-hmm. is that about beach reads that there are, they're always like kind of got a little bit of nastiness to them? <laughs> we like villains. What can I say? Yeah. I guess that's true. You can work that metaphor over there. Um, I had a friend who always said the Godfather was like the perfect beach read. Oh. Are you guys, uh, are you taking any inspirations from like, I don't know why exactly, but are you taking inspirations from from like real crime movies or the Godfellas or something like that when you're crafting oh, the story? There, there, there will be, there will be uh, one or more mob type organizations involved. Yes, I have that plan. So in, in that way, yes, absolutely. There will be a Godfather. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> Watching the Sopranos for for inspiration. <laughs> I love it. Mm, that would be good. We'll put Pluck in a suit. It'll be great. <laughs> oh man, that'd be Aww. that'd be amazing. We'll have, have a dapper a... episode of Dark Dark and Dicey. You know, yeah. They clean up we'll nice. have... Mad Men. Yeah. We'll have our uh, we'll have an Ocean's Five episode. Ocean's Five. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a heist type thing. So yeah, is it gonna? Is it set in uh, the Forgotten Realms, uh, where where everything else that's been going on on the on the D and D Twitch channel is? Um, it, it it is, but I have uh, created a custom island nation for this game. Okay. So it, it won't be found anywhere else in like lore books and stuff. But um, uh, this is an island nation called the Black Steel Isles. It's very rich and it's ruled by pretty corrupt mageocracy. Oh. Ooh, a mageocracy. Yeah, oh, yeah, mageocracy. People are uh, folks who visit the island must have a identification bracelet, and they are not allowed to use magic unless they have permission from the mageocracy. Ooh, creepy! Oh. Yeah, it's like a police state, so you're almost like rooting for the underdogs. Why here. do you visit? That's it. What's, why am I coming to this island? Not, uh, not exactly by choice. For oh, us. The, by prison boat. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a very it's an economic powerhouse nation, which is why people are forced to do trade with them and visit cool uh so but but you can travel to say the sword coast or something like that you could go to neverwinter or uh uh up and down yes yes that 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 would be possible yes neat through teleportation of course if you get of course if you get the right permission (laughs) permission. yeah if you get the right bracelet (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have to get the right forms together sign this it's a long time it's like getting a permit from this your eyes yeah yeah, uh, Pluck almost learned the hard way that it, he needs permission to use stuff. He's just like, oh, I'll just do this thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I'm i sorry. Um, I, I won't do it again. There, there are a series <laughs> of security systems on the island to to enforce that rule. And uh, Pluck almost made martyrs out of their entire party <laughs> in the second sitting. So I can't wait for the third and fourth. That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so I like the idea, too, of there being, you know, not just Paulton crossover, but maybe Strix uh, and uh, some other folks from Dice Camera Action or other uh, uh, people on the channel. 
I, I mean, I would hope that'd be amazing. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. I love that whole idea of like a, uh, a Marvel cinematic universe type thing of like, Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sweet. We'll have to make sure that all happens, uh, as much as possible as the, as the, as the weeks go by. Yo, yeah, definitely. Uh, what are you most looking forward to uh, hearing or getting things happening through uh, this story, Nate? Um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing on how like how pluck unfolds. Because again, it's like as much as you plan, you don't know where the story is going to go. I learned that. I've learned that very much so with uh, with Paulton and how how the world has like unfolded around him and how much it's changed the original vision I had for him in like an amazing way. So, uh, pluck knowing, knowing his background and knowing like how he handles things, um, for a broad term, I'd say he, he's not good with stress. So this whole scenario (laughs) does not seem like, (laughs) yeah. So he, uh, this doesn't. This already seems like a not ideal place for him, which is going to bring out the best worst in him. So, especially with see. Christina's character constantly mm-hmm. calling Pluck like Chicken Man or oh, <laughs> chicken man. Oh. oh, yeah, poor. She's Pluck. the worst. Yeah, oh, he's. <laughs> we had a moment where um, it was when he was in his his uh, altered state of mind to where because like he he's he's kind of a little guy. He's like a little picked on. And uh, our our fifth player was like unsure about him. He's just like, yeah, whatever. He's just a dumb bird person. And then um, in his in his panic, he just unleashes like just really strong magic right off the bat. To which uh, our fifth player like walked over. He's just like, I'm so sorry. I, didn't, <laughs> I, I if there's anything you need, I I didn't mean to be rude to you. And just you you, you let me know if you're good. So he's. He's a wild card, but he's I, I, I think every player in this is a bit of a wild card, That's which sense. makes yeah. it fun and stressful. Right. <laughs> and Christina, That's how I like my you, you mentioned Christina's your fiance, right? Mm hmm. What's that like playing together? Uh, does the chicken man ever <laughs> uh, take it out in real life? After the session, you're always like, hey, um, that was really hurtful. <laughs> I know there was just our characters you know talking to each other, but yeah, you know. right. It's. No, we we actually talk about that. And I mean, me personally, I love the dynamic because I don't know. I feel like a lot of people might predict like, oh, you know, uh, Nate and Christina are playing together. Let's see like what kind of like, you know, love, like, birds. love story and stuff unfolds. <laughs> and meanwhile, we we just our characters just hate each other. And like <laughs> he is he is just so terrified of her and is just like, please, please don't kill me and just leave me alone. And <laughs> stop being mean to me. And it's it's a really fun dynamic. Her dynamic with everyone is kind of. Uh, yeah, I'll just say everyone's kind of like mm, this. We don't know about this one. So. <laughs> It's been a ton of fun. Having planned a wedding, uh, it seems like this is very much like a microcosm of yeah. what's happening in your relationship. This is going to save you a ton of money on therapy later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's, it's good for couples, for sure. It's right. Mm-hmm. Work through no, your problems in game. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's great. It's it's so awesome. I love it. It's been definitely, it definitely for for only being two sessions in like from a narrative standpoint, it's definitely been like the most impactful story, like just right off the bat. Like oh, cool. we, we are just thrown in and everything's already like really crazy. So, and that's what I love about it. 
is there an end point to this? Or are you guys just going to keep playing? Or do you have in mind like 10 episodes or and then hiatus? I, or? I, I have an end point. It's just, um, you know, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not quite sure how many sessions it's going to take us to get to it. But it, there, there is definitely an end to the story. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think uh, because we're, we're not going to be, we're going to shoot to play every week, but everyone also has like, you know, conventions. I have touring, a lot of other events. So I think we're going to do, we're going to shoot for almost every Monday, I think until like the end of the year to see how it oh, goes, wow. I think is what we're, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I need to look at scheduling again, but I think we've got at least a good like few months that we're going to see how this goes. So yeah. I like the model that, that, that Perkins has started with like having like arcs, almost like a, uh, like a, like a TV show. Yeah, like it's I like, all right, too. this is going to have. This portion of the story is going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, but then you can always tell another story that's maybe related or, or completely different, you know, uh, after that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a great model to fall under when we're doing this on a weekly basis, right? So that it doesn't always end yeah. up being like, oh, it's the same story, it's the same story for you right. know, 300 sessions. Right. Know, it feels like there's uh, waves. Episodic content. Yes, dramatic <laughs> arcs, and that'll be your job, KG, to make yeah. sure you yes, Fits into that. Seems up for the challenge. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, So, uh, God, I don't want to ask you too many questions, Katie, because I don't want it to spoil what's going to happen in the future. But uh, what's 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 the dynamic going to feel like uh, when uh, you know uh, you introduce all the these these different people to like performing live? I mean, are are you going to take feedback from? The oh, yeah. chat, or you know, I, I mean, what that's been a big part of the dice camera action dynamic is having the Reddit thread kind of contribute and having fan art and things like that. Uh, oh yeah, I, I'm really, really actually looking forward to that. I, I love interacting with folks online, and uh, you know, I, I've, I, I have my own personal DMing style, but I, I'm always open to you know suggestions, especially really good suggestions and ideas. I like to incorporate as much as I can so you know hey if, if it makes me a better DM by the end of the day I ain't got nothing wrong with that you know for sure it's good yeah yeah and they can also uh, I, I mean I love everybody on the on the DD Twitch channel is very good at uh, pointing out stuff that uh, you know you, the characters and the chat usually have better memories than we do oh yeah <laughs> I'm sure I'll be called on. It's like, well, it's, uh, that that rule here was specifically blah blah blah. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm also looking forward to that because you know I I'm I, I'm one of those DMs. I don't know about you, but like you know when when, when you're playing and um, no one really you know we brain fart on a rule. I feel like it's a lot more fun to make your best judgment call and then just proceed with the story yeah. instead of stopping everything. It's like turning to page 296 and here it is and this yeah. is exactly how it has to happen. That's always the best video content is to have five people (laughs) flipping through books. (laughs) And then arguing about the interpretations. Exactly. Super entertaining. Yeah. But that's that's my favorite style even off camera as well is just uh, making a split, you know, second decision and then just rolling with the consequences after that. Yeah. You know, and then leaning into some like if Shelly's like, oh, no, it's this way. And I'm like, all right, cool. What Shelly says. And, and we'll kind of go from there. And that uh, I think it just lends itself to a better kind of cooperative storytelling dynamic. Uh, ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Cool. It's good stuff. It's good stuff all around, guys. Uh, again, we don't want to get too much into it. Once the show starts, we'll be able to ask you more pointed questions and uh, get to it and find out what the unannounced character is and what that's going to be all about, too. Oh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I, 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 he, the, the unannounced player and his character are is his his backstory is 
one of my favorites personally because it's it, it's one of the it's one of the most solid lines that draws everyone in along with hunters you know um he uh, uh this other player gave me almost an almost as detailed backstory which i incorporated a lot of stuff from and there's a lot of juicy stuff in there and i really i can't wait to share it with folks when we start this so their backstories did that inform the story or did you already have the story in mind and you just wove the backstory into it I had the story in mind, and it, it just turned out um, that all the characters' backstories wove in really perfectly. Oh, that's good. Mm. You know, and that's 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 pretty rare. And so I was thrilled that everything seemed to coalesce together in, in such a beautiful way. And I, I want to be able to tell you more about it, but I, I that would get I into know. like super spoilers territory, and I can't. Yeah. So we'll have to so, have oh, you guys back yeah. on in a couple months and uh, uh, talk through all of it. Hopefully, meet some more of the cast members as well. That'd be really absolutely. Fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool beans. Uh, so, and Nate, you were saying you're going to be, are you, you got some tour stuff coming up too. I don't know if everyone realizes who's listening that you're also a uh, full-on professional musician. Yeah, that's correct. I um, I mentioned tour, and I've, I've already said I'm planning on touring. Right now, we're still planning it. But uh, So right now, there's no dates or anything to announce. Uh, the only thing I can say about that is expected, uh, like, probably fall of this year sometime in there but um the main thing is i do have a new album coming out in about a month it drops june 1st i'm really excited about it yeah and it's it's a really cool one and so far the reception has been really great um there is a song on there that may or may not have been somewhat influenced by an ordeal palton went through so no way really uh, that's cool it's not too on the nose, but anyone who's watched Dice Camera Action will probably hear him be like, oh, okay, this is the song. So it's going to be cool. I'm excited for it. That is cool. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening on June 1st. Uh, should be pretty exciting. Can't wait to yeah. listen to that. Uh, and maybe one day uh, having all four of uh, Dice Camera Action together on, uh, uh, on stage at one time. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. Sounds like something that should happen. <laughs> yeah, make it happen, Tito. All right, fine. I'll try. All right. <laughs> We're on it. Well, thanks, you guys, uh, for coming by. What's, uh, what, uh, why don't you just uh, name off all your uh, where people can find out about your music uh, or where people can follow uh, videos and stuff like that. Uh, Nate, where, where can they find it? Yeah. Uh, so for me, if you like you know, music videos and stuff, you can check me out on youtube.com slash giveheartrecords uh, or just follow me. It's on the screen at NateWantsToBTL. And then uh, I saw a couple people asking if – uh, Dark and Dicey starting this Monday or next Monday. It's actually May 14th. It's the 14th, right? Right, it is the 14th. Okay, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's in, a, I think, three weeks? Something like that? Sometime soon from, like that. From um, now, yes. Yeah, from, from, yeah. From when we're recording this, but uh, from when this oh, goes right. live, uh, uh, two, a week and a half uh, so, from when this yeah. is on the podcast thing. So May 14th. Yeah, May 14th. Really excited. It's 7 p.m. Pacific time. Fun. 7 nice. p.m. Pacific. Uh, and uh, KG, what about you? Where can people follow you and what you're all about? Well, I mainly live on Twitter, and you can find me at just KG Tang on Twitter. Um, also, I have a public Facebook page. I think it's KG Tang Voice Monkey. <laughs> and for uh, fans of my voice work, uh, if you want to check it out right now, um, Detective Pikachu was just released, and you can hear me as um, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> no way, really? Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. you. I didn't know that. That's, that's right, little... Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Wow! Pikachu playing dark and dicey. He'll be a he'll be a bonus character. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should have mentioned that up front. 
<laughs> I've, I've, well, I, I'm not a huge into the, the, the Pokemon fandom, but I've heard a lot of people talking about uh, that and how they're really excited about it. So uh, uh, congratulations. That's going to be really fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man. I can't wait to see Ryan Reynolds take on it while I'm the, in the live action movie. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> exactly. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you guys. And uh, I can't wait for May 14th to drop. Uh, in the meantime, we will definitely have you back on uh, and uh, talk more about all your characters and all the crap they've been up to. <laughs> awesome, dude. Heck yeah. Well, thank, thank you, so you. Much for having us. All yeah, right. Thanks pleasure. a lot. Thanks, Bye-bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, man. I like. Good uh, talking to those guys. I can't wait to see that show when it comes out. I love it. I love it already. They got lots of fun stuff happening. Uh, so we've got uh, some fun stuff happening here too. Don't forget about the stream of Many Eyes. That's June first, second, and third. It's in Los Angeles. If you can buy tickets on June third to come see some of your favorite streamers play Dungeons and Dragons live, you get to be a part of the studio and audience and tour the set and tour the set. Yeah, and you get to meet. Everybody, and even if you want to be in a costume, I think that might also be pretty oh, cool. Yeah, you know, show off your D and D character to the people who will also be in costume as D and D characters. Why not? Why not? Do it up. That's awesome. It's going to be an extravaganza. Lots of cosplay. So uh, buy your tickets. Go check it out. Again, it's at d and dwizardscom slash s o m e. Lots of things happening there. Uh, and, and listen to uh, Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes uh, promotion podcast of Foes starting on May 7th. Uh, sorry, was it May 7th? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said. That's before. what I said before, so mm-hmm. it must be true. Um, uh, that is on our Dungeon Delve RSS feed. You can check out two new one-shot adventures from more than 20 podcasts, uh, live-action podcasts out there. Ones you should listen to. They are tons of fun. There's D20 Dames is going to be doing uh, oh, one. Nice. Uh, as well as uh, some other fun stuff for people that we've spoken to before. So go check it out. Uh, go follow Dungeon Delve uh, right now if you can. Uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. There's You Mean a Tavern. There is uh, D&D is for Nerds. Nerd <laughs> Poker is doing one. They are? Yeah. Oh as God, well awesome. as uh, the Venture Maidens, uh, who we spoke to Celeste yeah. uh, uh, and those that crew. Uh, so it's, it's super fun stuff. And I can't wait uh, for you guys all to listen to it as we're leading up to and getting excited for Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes on uh, the 18th of May in game stores. Can't wait. All right. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Greg Tito. Where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter as well at Shelly Moo. Nice. Yeah. And you can find out some Avalon Hill goings on. Avalon Hill 2. The number 2. The number 2. Yeah. It's spelled out the number 2. It's the numeral <laughs> 2. Oh, okay. Just the numeral 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out about all of that uh, stuff, of course, at uh, DungeonsandDragons.com. Over here. And the Twitter handle, Wizards underscore DND. And like us on Facebook while you get a chance, too. Yeah, all like right. Avalon Hill on Facebook, too. I, well, I'm going to dislike. No. I'm going to press the dislike I'm button now. I'm going to follow you and harass you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. I like I mean, all Avalon your games. Hill's going to. All right, all right, that makes sense. All right, fine. Uh, all right, so I think that's it for today. Thank you to everyone who fun, listened. Fun. And you're all going to die. Up. Because the rocks fell. Everyone dies.